And we are back. That's right. Back again for another beautiful episode of The Hoopla. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you on this illustrious Sunday morning. It's your boy Feroz in the building. And I got with me my brother, my partner in crime, co-CEO of The Hoopla, Tyler Murray. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Dan. I'm doing good. Just as good as the Hoop Plug family. Maybe they're going to work, sitting in the gym, sitting in their car, bumping that Hoop Plug, ready for some joy, some good vibrations, because they got me and my boy Faraz running point for another great episode. Yes, sir, man. And first off, man, salute. Like Ty mentioned, salute to the Hoop Plug family. Y'all are putting in that work no matter where you do it from. You know, and uh, same sentiments exactly as my brother Tyler, man. And if you guys couldn't tell from the introduction, I think I said brother like three times. So <laughs> you already know it's close, you it's know. Family affair. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, with all that being said, without further ado, let's get into it, man. Yes, we got a jam-packed episode. You know, Chicago Bulls, ESPN's Hayden again. Draymond, will he return to his hometown Detroit Pistons? Tight-lipped recruitment of Bronny James has seen his first update and more. Keep it locked. I got what you love. I am your plug. Yes, sir. And before we get into this episode of the plug, a brief message from our sponsors. You know, you ever be feeling... Down, sad, hairline looking bad. I know all about that. You see, I got a cap on right now, you know. Uh, <laughs> with all that being said, there's one place to go, and it's Hoop Plug Certified. You know what I mean? That's right. Hoop Plug Certified. That's EvanAlexanderGrooman.com. Tyler, tell them why they got to go to EvanAlexanderGrooman.com. Oh, there's a little bit of a for us, by us energy going on with Evan Alexander Groom and the good people over there have made us affiliates of their men's hair care product line. Sir. So whether you got a beard, it's not looking too hot, you need to fill it in. They got some stuff for that. You got a hairline that's creeping back and you're trying to refresh and revitalize. You know what I'm saying? They got some things for that too. So hit up EvanAlexanderGrooman.com slash hoop underscore plug underscore. Make sure you use that promo code at checkout so you guys can support the podcast that's right you heard it here first without further ado let's get into the plug hey. man what what better way to get this sunday morning sunday episode going than to talk about my favorite thing nba related other than the hoop plug and that's another than none other than those windy city chicago bulls yes sir the greatest franchise of all time in red and black uh we're talking about some just some predictions Man, I don't even know what to say, man. I'm just so biased and so excited to be talking about the Bulls. Ty, man, why don't you, why don't you take this in for us? <clears throat> well, I remember a conversation we've had off wax when we were just talking about the greatness in the basketball city that is Chicago and how y'all feel like you haven't got the respect y'all deserve, right? There were those great years with Jordan, some not-so-good years following, but then those good years again with... Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Luau Dang in the bunch. Yes, sir. But still, y'all aren't treated like a major market that you are. And yep. that happened last year. You got DeMar DeRozan. Levine's back. You brought in Lonzo Ball. You brought in Caruso. And ESPN and the rest of the basketball community slept on y'all. Well, damn it, it looks like it's happening again. Because <laughs> ESPN put out their Easter Conference projections and you might look 
Where are the Chicago Bulls? You got to keep looking because they have them down at number eight. Yes, man. It was painful when I saw those predictions come out. Unfortunately, just two seeds above the New York Knicks. Mm. You know, uh, we were hoping it'd be more like six or seven. You know, I had to get the roast in. You know, I had to get it in, you know. But on the bright side, man, we're not too far away from Brooklyn either. One below us, Mm. one above you guys. You know what I'm saying? So it's looking like a pretty competitive season in the tri-state area, at least, you know. Those things aside, man, you said it. You're absolutely 100% positively correct. The Chicago Bulls don't get the proper stain that they deserve. Uh, They're one of the few dynasties in league history, one of the only franchises that can actually qualify as a dynasty along with the Boston Celtics, the Lakers. I mean, you could argue a couple other ones. Warriors, I think, qualify, right? But Chicago don't get no love, man. You have DeMar DeRozan, who put on a near-MVP performance, near-MVP season last year. Uh, we did not have Lonzo Ball for a majority of the season. Alex Caruso missed a lot of time off the bench for us with injuries. I mean, we didn't have Patrick Williams. Um, we were missing a lot of pieces, but night in, night out, Chicago Bulls were able to be competitive. Let's not forget, right, beginning of the season, all their pieces there, one, two, third, they were top three in the Eastern Conference for that entire time period. Injuries happen. I mean, the season goes on. Let's be real. They were hot, you know, a bunch of new acquisitions. They were feeling confident, but between the injury bug and them slowing down, man, um, we didn't really see them at 100%. So... I think that's why we get that visceral reaction to seeing them at eight. It's because we saw what happened last year. Five teams ahead of them that ESPN projected, they were dusting them in the standings while they were healthy. So to see them just kind of elevate teams like Cleveland and Atlanta and Toronto right back above them when that wasn't the case last year while healthy on a level playing field, it just kind of leaves you scratching your head. But let's go through this. Let me read it out for the fans at home. They have Boston number one, Milwaukee two. I could flip-flop those, but they ain't going to get an argument there. Miami finishing three, Philly finishing four, Toronto at five. A little head-scratching. Atlanta six, (laughs) Cleveland seven, and then Chicago eight. Yeah, I mean, even if you were to replace Chicago and Toronto, I wouldn't be upset seeing Chicago at the fifth seed because at least it shows that you expect them to be competitive. That's where my head went. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right away. I mean, I know we know Toronto was very consistent. Uh, Nick Nurse gets a lot of respect and a lot of love, sometimes, in my opinion, undeservingly so. But what he's able to do, especially with these lackluster rosters, I mean, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam being your number one and number two guys, not in that order. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's still able to win games and be competitive, but I think just to rank them that high, I guess it has to do with some of the development they expect from Scotty Barnes. But nonetheless, man, they're just shitting on Chicago. I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland has a good team, but they're all a bunch of young pups. Chicago has the potential, again, when healthy, to be in that Eastern Conference championship conversation. I'm not going to say they're going to outright win it, but I could see them being 3-4, you know? So, uh, man, I feel a lot of shade was thrown on us, you know? It was, it was, and... Even more than the seed, I think it was the win total right next to it because they had you guys only winning 44 games in the 82-game season. I think that was a little disrespectful, right? I mean, Brooklyn, they only had winning 40 in the ninth seed, so that's a little crazy too. But I guess you could say in that case they're factoring in KD, Kyrie get moved. There's no excuse like that for Chicago. (laughs) They're pretty much saying Cleveland, Atlanta, Toronto, they're all going to be better than y'all. And uh, I don't see that as the case. 
You've seen what DeMar did. Even if he's a fraction of himself, that probably means you're getting a little more from Zach Levine. They have a front court player unique to the Eastern Conference in Vucevic. Yep. I can't think of another... Okay, Joel Embiid, but I can't think of another center with his offensive bag in the Eastern Conference. Can you? like? Not not off the top of my head, no. I'd have to okay, really and then you it. got defenders. Yeah, I don't think so. And then you got defenders all across the board, right? We're not even mentioning the Dosumus. We're not even mentioning the Carusos. <laughs> like, yep. I don't understand how they got here. I, I don't. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what happens when... Uh, People give credit or, or give people who really just aren't true fans of the NBA a voice to speak or a voice to put their opinion on. Because at the end of the day, this is all opinion predictions. These are eight, ten, however many guys sitting in a room and saying, oh, yeah, I think this and I think that. Whatever personal biases are involved, you can't forget about that. I mean, you're going to get the one, two right for the most part. I mean, that one is hard to mess up, but I don't know. They could have done a little bit better on the back end. I mean, really starting from three down, I think a lot of those could have been done a little bit better. So That's true. And as yeah. much as I'm, like, freaking out about it, like, all right, if they don't finish eight, they finish six. I think that's still in the plan. So Seven is a plan, but... Okay, seven through ten, yeah. you're right. Who do you think they've overvalued? Well, this is what I'll tell you. Top three are undoubtedly Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. I feel Miami has always been kind of a gassed-up team, but they're a very good regular season team. So, I mean, I would put them four, but no doubt about putting Chicago at five. And this is, like, my unbiased, most realistic opinion. Like, do I feel Chicago can beat any one of these teams uh, on a given night, night in, night out? Yeah, no doubt about it. But, I mean, you know, Boston is coming off a deep run. Milwaukee's won a championship. Miami is a... It's a deep team. Philly is, you know, they got Joel Embiid. That guy's a killer. But other than that, like, it's a lot of shade being thrown. So what I would do is I'd probably say one, two, we could keep it, like you said, flip-flop it, whatever. Three has got to be Philly. Four, five is Miami, Chicago. You could switch those two out. The rest I really don't care about. <laughs> With all due respect to the Knicks, of course. <laughs> Had to Brooklyn, catch that one. I think one. you still care about two, but it's just we got to see how the rest of this offseason goes but I, i'm yeah. right there with you i think they really belong in that five seed but after the regular season because they're going to get into the playoffs yeah. the real question for this chicago team is what can they do after and yeah. a, a lot of that is obviously dictated by health but let's say things go right the injury bug is out of chicago that shit has left lonzo ball's knees are are healthy again caruso is is not getting freak accidents every other month what does it take for chicago to end up in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2023? I think they play up to their ability, and it's really just the luck of the draw at that point. And I think very much so they can end up in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think whether it be Milwaukee or Boston that they face, they will not beat them. That's just honest. You know what I okay. mean? But I can see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals, being the Eastern Conference runner-up this year. I think that's a best-case scenario. No, that wasn't the question asked, but I mean, even in a worst case scenario, what I think the worst case scenario for this team is finishing eight and not even making the playoffs altogether, losing in the play-in. So, um, but with that being said, I think they, they have what it takes if the whole team meshes the unit, gels, everybody buys in into what they want to do. I think they can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, no doubt about Word. it. I, I, they definitely can. And like you said, it's about matching up with the right team. So... 
getting off to a good start, finishing the regular season strong is of the utmost importance for Chicago. Yep. But as the great Jalen Rose says, Styles makes fights. And <laughs> if I'm looking at these top potential seeds in the Eastern Conference and I'm like, what gives Chicago the best chance to get there, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think I actually want them playing Boston. I don't want them with Philly. I don't want them dealing with Giannis and the Bucks. No. I think Boston is the answer there. I mean, without KD, of course. But <laughs> imagine that's that happens. a series where, oh my God, that's the battle of the wings. Can you imagine? You got Demar, Zach on one end, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum on the other. I think yeah. those two kind of cancel each other out. No doubt, and, and it's now, really on the rest of the guys. The hidden wrench in that is oh, they still got an all star at center. His name is Vucevic. Yeah. And honestly, he'd cook all, uh, at oh, least on the absolutely. offensive end. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to give him too much credit on the defensive end. Al Horford still at this age gets his, but, <laughs> you know. That's, that's I think, their path. Um, and you never know, man. Like, it's a long season. Things change. Trades are made. You don't know how this Eastern Conference is going to look at the end of 82-game season. So, look, I, I could see Chicago pulling off something crazy. As you said, it's about the luck of the draw. As, as I said, it's about how they finish in the regular season, getting the top seed. But if those two things happen, they're healthy. They're firing on all cylinders. The sky is truly the limit. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I love the love for the Chicago <laughs> Bulls, man. It's not I something we do you, often. I hope you return the favor when we do our segment on the Knicks. Hey, come on, son. You know I'll be there. You already know I always show <laughs> the, the Knicks some love, man. I might throw a jab or two, but I always show that love at the end. <laughs> Um, but yeah, next up on the hoop plug, a lot of talks, a lot of conversations, lots of questions surrounding Draymond Green's contract extensions. And if he qualifies, if he's certified max player status, Ty, why don't you give us some of your thoughts on that? And then we'll get into the real conversation of today. <laughs> Word. Well, uh, Draymond has a powerful voice in the NBA. No doubt. I'm not letting out any secrets saying that. But uh, it really wasn't a topic of conversation until he brought it to the forefront on his own podcast saying he wants max money. Um, <laughs> and now that he mentioned it, a lot of other talking heads around this great game of basketball have shut that idea down. Well, there is a team that has tried on more than one occasion to lure Draymond Green away from the blue and gold Golden State Warriors. And that team is his hometown team of Detroit. In the summer of, I believe, 2015, they were going to offer him a max contract. But Golden State was prepared to match any offer. That kind of scared them away. They didn't want to wait out on Draymond. They wanted to proceed with the rest of the offseason, so that didn't end up happening. And they also wanted to draft him. But he was picked before Golden State's second-round selection. Or before Detroit's second-round selection. That knowledge of the past has brought up the rumor we could see Draymond leave the Warriors for the Detroit Pistons. And it's always nice to have a homecoming. This ain't quite LeBron going back to Cleveland, but uh, it would still be interesting nonetheless. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think you summarized it perfectly and gave the fans uh, the meat of what it is we're talking about here, right? Pause. But um, with that being said, we, I think we can all agree Draymond Green is not a max contract pl uh, player. 
with all that being said, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, you know, there are teams, not to say that Draymond Green is trash, but there are teams who will overpay for a Draymond Green type player because at the end of the day, he brings that championship attitude, that championship grit. He can change the game on the defensive end of the floor. Certain things he does may not show up in the stat books, stat sheets, whatever you want to call it, but Draymond Green can impact the game of basketball. Highly intelligent, high IQ basketball player, right? All that being said, do I see the Detroit Pistons being the ones to take him away? I think Draymond Green is smart enough to might dangle that over the Golden State Warriors. Like, hey, these guys did it before. They might, they, I might just go this time, you know? Um, and in the end, I don't see Draymond Green leaving the Golden State Warriors for a situation that's not exp exponentially better, right? Like a place where he can go and get a max contract and also be a championship contender. Not, no, like a legit championship contender. Not go to any one of these teams, like not go to the Hornets. Like, oh, they got Draymond, now they could be, nah. Like a legit contender, like the Bucks or something like that, which is damn near impossible because a contender's got what? They're looking for one piece, pay them minimum money, someone that can put them over the edge, and Draymond Green is looking for the exact opposite of that. So those are kind of my thoughts on it. Um, and plus, man, I don't know if Draymond Green can really thrive the way he has in a system outside of the Warriors systems. There's some that are close, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think a Cade Cunningham, uh, what's, what's my guy's name? Oh, uh, Killian Hayes? Jaden Ivey, Jaden Ivey, no, I'm yeah, yeah. the bust. Yeah, he Jayden, is. That, that kid is not exactly Splash Bro material, but nah. it would be interesting. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side. I wonder what Draymond looks like in another system. I just want to see it as an NBA fan. I just want to see what it looks like. Is it awful? Is he Chris Paul mentoring out there? Like, is he actually elevating people? I don't know. I want to find out, though. Um, but I'm with you. I really don't think we are going to find out. Probably the, the second most important player on one of maybe the second best dynasty ever. Would you give him that and go, give Golden State that? I, I, well, it depends on if you count KD as part of the dynasty, even though he wasn't there for chip one and lost He's definitely one. part of it. but Yeah, he's not. Man... Because Katie's so dominant, he has the two final back-to-back -back finals MVPs, was the lead scorer on those teams. That's half of the rings that they've won. True. I think he's the second. KD is the second most important. But basically, regardless of where we rank that, we're basically arguing, do we think Draymond is more important or Klay Thompson is? And that's a question that's going to get a lot of people upset, but I think I have to give it to Draymond. Yeah, Clay is the more repeatable. You can find a couple Clays, right? You can find three and D guys, maybe yeah. not as good at both. But either way, when we take it back to Dre, and you said you couldn't see him leaving unless it was a championship situation. Draymond is the, the hallmark chip on your shoulder guy. True. If he, and I think you're right, if he feels spited by that front office, if he feels wronged by Bob Myers, in that case, I could see him going far enough to say, I'm going to go to Detroit and get my money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Draymond's that kind of guy. And when you have a powerful enough voice, he knows his worth, you know, and that's the thing. I think Draymond Green is going to be a very, very wealthy person for years to come. But I think a majority of his money is going to come from money being paid to him outside of his NBA co career. So I think that's the best way to put it. So does he get the max? I doubt it. Does he leave the, the Pistons? Maybe. But I think he's, that's more so a bargaining chip than everything else.
Facts. Well said. Well said. All right, moving on. Very, very interesting update here in the (laughs) recruitment of Bronny James. They've kept this tight-lipped since the beginning, right? LeBron James Jr. has been recruited at least by Kentucky. There was a rumor of an offer, even though it's not official in the transfer portals or the recruitment sites. But they have been some new schools added to the mix, and it looks increasingly likely like college is going to be the path for Bronny. That was a rumor I saw tweeted out. I'm not sure who the journalist was, but that Bronny and his family are leaning college over the G League route. So here are the schools, guys. UCLA, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Oregon, and others. Faraz, your thoughts on those schools? What do you think might be the best fit, the college over the G League? What do you think? Um, Bronny's not good enough to play in the league. He might not even be good enough to play in the G League. Maybe I'm talking shit. Mm. You know, he's just, he's just, what was he, top 40 in his class, top 50 in his class? I think he's oh. 39 right now. Okay, great. 39. Bronny, you're, you're a junior, so that means, right, there's going to be, he's a junior, correct? Or a senior? He's going to be, a, he's rising senior. A rising senior. Okay, regardless of all of that, you're 39th in your class. 39th best in the, in, in the nation, right? Dude, for the name LeBron James, I think your younger brother is actually better than you. So, with all that being said, um, he's only getting recruited to these big name colleges, and maybe he has his senior season to show me, prove me wrong, because again of who his father is, the amount of money that he's going to bring in, fanfare, popularity, social media awareness, media awareness in general. Um, I think that's the reason why he's getting a lot of this love. Not to tell you he's a horrible basketball player, but I think the name LeBron James Jr. carries some weight, you know? So I think that's why he's getting recruited to these places. Um, I'm a little surprised. I honestly thought that he wouldn't get any offers until maybe after his senior season. And if he did get offers, they're going to be mid-major, smaller D1 schools, you know? Maybe a Davidson, you know, maybe maybe something like that, you know? So... (laughs) Well, I, I wasn't surprised by the schools, man. You just said it yourself. That's yeah. Ron James. You know yeah. what I'm saying? At very Ron least, you James. get this man sitting front row. That's going to put an extra 15000 in the stands. So no mid-major is going to be able to hold that. That's but um, in terms of college over G League, wise choice. Like you said, he's not ready. He's not ready for G League. Those are, those are 29, 32-year-old vets overseas guys with some hair on their chest, you know what I'm saying? They're going to push Bronny James around a little bit. Yeah. A little bit more than they might like. So college is the right route. He won't get lost in the shuffle too much. But for all the Bronny haters, I, you kind of lean in that way, but you're not You're not all the way there. You know, I know how you feel about his father. I don't know how that yeah. plays into it, but yeah, there are 60 picks in the draft. So 39 isn't too crazy. You add in the international guys, that's still a late second round pick. So yep. as as bad as he's not going to be Brown. Okay, we could rule that out six right years now. ago. Yeah. That, that, wasn't happen. Like that, that, yeah. Wasn't, that just wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah. But in terms of being a, a, a role player, being a, <clears throat> able to play a season with his dad, that's still very much on the table. Um, but yeah, I think out of the schools, UCLA, I think that might make the most sense. It's close to that LA area. He'd still be by Pops. Yep. Point guard system. We saw Lonzo flourish over there. We've seen other guards making names for themselves. So um, I think UCLA 
would be my choice if I was him, but you can't go wrong. Michigan, Ohio State, USC, those are all good schools. Yeah, it's it's probably USC or, or UCLA, I think, like you mentioned, want to stay close to home. Um, Brown wants to be there. He wants to attend the games. That's the reason why he went to the Lakers in the first place. You know, he wanted Excellent. to take his kid to a certain school and be there. So I wouldn't be surprised he pulls up to USC and he's busting Brownie and his teammates in five v five. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like bench and me versus the starters. Brownie, you gotta have twenty. Like that kind of way. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I'm with you there. UCLA or USC seem like the obvious choices. And I mean, listen, it's not too late for Brownie, right? He still has a senior year of high school, potentially a freshman year in college. We expect him to be a one and done if he can live up to that potential, or a year in the G League. But I mean. College seems, again, like we just spoke, like the most likely route for him. Um, nonetheless, all that being said, do not be surprised if you see Bronny James playing with LeBron James near 2024, 2025. <laughs> Would not be a shock. As, as facts, man. I'm rooting for it. I definitely want to see it. Yeah. It'd be dope, man. I mean, it'd be the first time we've seen it since Ken Griffey Jr. and his pops senior. So uh, The only vibes. thing I worry about, right? If he's late second round pick, if that's truly how this goes, he doesn't he stays in that 30-ish, 39 range in the rankings. Is that what's best for him? Right? Like no. he's gonna be end of the bench taco fall situation where every blowout they're chanting your name to just get in garbage time. Like, is that is that that's I mean, it's still playing together, but it ain't Ken and his dad starting in center and left field. Yeah. Definitely not that. That's for sure. And I mean, this is the thing, right? I think the realities of Bronny's situation are obvious, and I think that if he wasn't LeBron James' son, he'd be getting less recognition and less recruitment than he already is. So um, he's already superseding his actual level of talent, I think, based on his name alone. And to be coming to the position where he could be a guy who has two or three or four years in, under his belt in the league and then maybe bounce around the G League and then maybe make it overseas, that seems like the more likely than not route. Um, I think people are going to basically force this LeBron James and Bronny James thing to happen, forcing them to play together basically through the will, the sure will of the media, you know. But, I mean, I think at that point it's really up to Bronny to see if he can, you know, break that glass ceiling, push through it because, you know, right now it seems like we kind of know what we are, we've come to expect from him, you know? Hey, well, speaking of that glass ceiling, speaking of offspring of superstars, speaking of guys trying to make their way into the NBA, we got a touchdown on the Julie because my boy Jello Ball, that's right, Leangelo Ball, the forgotten about Ball brother, just went off for 50-piece, 50, 50 McNugget <clears throat> at the Drew. Yes, he did, man, showing that he deserves – to be there. This is reminiscent of those Isaiah Thomas days, man, when Isaiah mm -hmm. Thomas had just recovered from his injury. Not, you know, Zeke, but Isaiah Thomas, who we all know more, more familiar no, with. This littler one. Um, so, <laughs> uh, regardless, he's dropped 50 plus, 40 plus, 60 plus in the Drew League before, letting everybody know I'm an NBA talent still. And he never really got the love that he deserved. He was up for a max contract, man, got injured, and then got 4,000 or 4 million the next year. Like, really Something sad. Like that, yeah. Really sad. So, that being said, Jello, though, let's see if he can build on this momentum. We know that he's involved with the Charlotte Hornets affiliate team, the G League squad. Um, so, yeah, no, 52 in the Drew League is nothing to scoff at. <laughs> yeah, man. And um, it's definitely nothing to scoff at. What did Brown put up? Like 45, 40 something? Yeah, him and DeMar. 
Yeah. So, that was the toughest matchup of the year, though. If you're <laughs> tough, toughest teammate, whatever you want to call it. like Toughest duo? Yeah, I got yeah. you. Um, I don't know. I, I wonder how close he is. It seems like ever since he got locked up, he was at UCLA, too. And then he had that incident over in China. He got caught stealing the glasses. Yeah, man. That kind of messed really up his career. Re- it really did. It's not like he was starting games for UCLA at that point anyway, but you never know. You're still in the college system. You get to grow, develop, show you can do this before you're thrust into the NBA, and the opportunities are few and far between if you're not in, hearing your name called in those first 30 picks. So the road less traveled is the one Jello is on right now. Seth Curry had to travel that same road, and it is a tough and grueling one, but yeah, I hope he keeps this up. I mean, someone has to give him a real shot. That hasn't come from the Hornets because even though they keep bringing him on for summer leagues, it ain't real shots. He's playing 10, 15 minutes max in those games. It's true. It's true. It's really just the Hornets trying to build with what they already have on their roster and they're already sold on. Um, you said it, so let's see what he could do. And Seth Curry has made a very respectable NBA career for himself after all. Showed, you know, and again, part of it had to do with the brother, but Jello finds himself in a similar situation. So, so Lamelo, go out there, get yourself an MVP, so your brother can get in the damn league. That's what it takes. <laughs> That's really what it takes, though. For real, for real. Man. Giannis done did it. He got him. <laughs> he got both he got his brothers. <laughs> Shit, there might be two or three more on the way. Like, don't be surprised. He actually has, yes. I think, one or two other brothers. I guess yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> well, with that being said. That wraps up another beautiful episode of the Hoop Plug. Ty, any closing remarks before we put this show on the road? No, I think the last thing we got to talk about is y'all telling a friend to tell a friend. Check out the Hoop Plug podcast, man. That's the Hoop Plug on Instagram. Hoop underscore plug on Instagram. Hoop underscore plug on TikTok. Hoop Plug on YouTube. Find us, love us, like us, support us, share it, all that good stuff. And for us, as always, put some flavor in your ear.